now hand it over to Kelly, as I said, our executive director of the Cyber Policy Center, and we'll moderate what I think is an absolutely all-star panel that we have uh, lined up for you today. Great, Mike, thank you so much. And I am really glad to be joined today by four of our colleagues, Nate Persley. He is the faculty co-director of the Cyber Policy Center and the director of the program on democracy and the internet here at the center by Daphne Keller. She is the director of the center's program on platform regulation. And before that was the former associate general counsel for Google. We're joined also by Alex Stamos, the director of the Cyber Center's internet observatory and the former chief security officer at Facebook as well as his colleague Renee DiResta, who is the research director at the Internet Observatory, a fellow at Mozilla and the Truman National Security Project, and a term member at the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, quickly, before we jump in, just a bit of background on the center, as Mike began to allude to, and for those of you who don't know us, all of our research and teaching focuses on the governance of digital technologies and their impact on geopolitics, security, and democracy. We're home to about a half dozen programs, and all of the work is really intended to inform the policy agenda for governments, tech companies, civil society, and academia globally when it comes to these questions of how best to govern digital technologies. As Mike noted, today's conversation focuses on the storming of the Capitol and the events of January 6, the role that the tech companies played in that, everything that has transpired since and the implications that this may have for the future of speech online. And of course, as everyone joining today knows, when the US Capitol was breached on January 6th, more than 50 police officers were injured and five people died. And social media platforms were involved for better or worse at every stage of this through the viral sharing of allegations that the election was stolen that appeared on all major platforms uh, as groups organized online, planning travel, restaurants, and hotel arrangements, and messaging each other about everything from ropes to zip ties that we saw on these platforms. And the events, of course, of January 6th were recorded and shared widely on the platforms, in fact, actually helping to enable later identification and prosecution of the perpetrators. And of course, the platforms responded significantly since then. Facebook, Twitter, Google, and other major platforms banned or suspended President Trump's accounts. Google and Apple then removed Parler, a conservative-leaning app, from their app stores, and Amazon removed the site from its cloud hosting services, putting really an indefinite end to Parler's reach. And the responses to that have been widespread. Conservatives began noting how many followers they were losing as Twitter purged accounts. Groups began reporting that disinformation had dropped online with MSNBC citing a 73% decline in disinformation the week after Twitter banned President Trump and key allies. And of course, this citation has been widely disputed given that Twitter suspended something like 70,000 accounts during that time period, not just Trump allies. And then finally, we've seen the online far right beginning to move underground. Downloads of Rumble, the, the rights equivalent to YouTube, more than doubled in the week following January 6th. MeWe, a conservative parallel to Facebook, saw its base growth 3x, CloudHub, uh, something like five times growth. Downloads of Telegram doubled, Signal was up 8x, and uh, we've heard recently that Gab's user base rose uh, from 1.5 to 3.4 million that they are now hosting themselves. So a ton has changed, and I think all of this will have significant implications for the future of speech online. 
So for today, I want to turn first uh, to Renee and Alex uh, to hear from each of you about what activity you saw on the platforms leading up to the riot, what, if anything, we've been able to observe in terms of political disinformation online since then, given that these groups have been uh, moving underground, and, and what you think the future holds for political disinformation. Um, so I want to start, Renee, with you, then go to Alex, and then want to turn from there to Daphne, and then finally Nate. And Daphne and Nate, as legal scholars, would love to hear your thoughts about lawmakers' real options here, how these intersect with constitutional limits, thoughts on 230, and all of that. Uh, and then we'll save 20 or 30 minutes for Q&A. So please, uh, folks who are joining, feel free to enter your questions in the chat box. There's a function where you can up or down vote those uh, for those questions that you're most interested in, and I will do my best to moderate. Uh, but with that, Renee, let's jump to you. Hi, uh, thanks so much. It's great. 